So you made a promise to yourself that you're going to go to the gym after work four times a week. That's why you paid for the membership. But your ability to only get there maybe once a week or not at all is because you don't know how to keep a promise to yourself. So one of the main things I teach about making real change in your life is that the most important thing you learn is personal integrity and ability to keep a promise to yourself. If you can't do that, I can't help you. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella. It is my distinct pleasure to introduce you today to Lauren Zander. Hey Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I couldn't be happier to have you on the show. I've been chasing you for months. It's like you have a job or something. (laughs) You guys, Lauren wrote one of the best books that I read in 2017. I'm so thrilled to be able to talk to you in early 2018. That book is called Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, and love your life. Lauren, that is some title, but you deliver. <laughs> you delivered. Yes, I really do. And then obviously, I it's a joke, right? Because I want you to cross out the maybe. Yeah, maybe it's you. No, no, no. It's you. It's you. <laughs> I love everything about your approach, everything about your book, and everything about your style. And I can't wait to share that with everybody. But let me introduce you properly. I will just let everybody know that you're the co-founder and the chairwoman of the Handel Group, which is an international corporate consulting and life coaching company. But I would love for you to elaborate on that and tell us who you are and what you do, Lauren. So, so I have been in the executive life coaching and education space um, since the nineties. I, uh, I turned oh my God, 40 that's so long ago. <laughs> so long ago. And I built an organization, you know, we, I have about 60 employees And we go into universities and high schools, and we even teach in foster care. Like we, in education, we are basically giving it away. In corporate America, we do very high-end, awesome cultural transformations, working with the best executives, boutique coaching company. I also teach two courses, develop two courses that are at Stanford Business School. And then we teach and we've been in over 30 different universities. And then there are some of those that we teach regularly, like MIT for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. right? So we're, so I care very much about breaking into education breaking into corporations, and then working with individuals. Like, you know, I want to get married. I want to lose 20 pounds. I don't know what career I want. So I, the whole company is broken into those three different divisions, education, personal coaching, and executive coaching. Tell me something. There are so many self-help books and programs and tools out there right now, and they all make the promises that they make. What makes your method so different? So I do not sugarcoat our dark side. I do not sugarcoat why you cry about your body, but you're still eating the cookie. Like I go after your own, like the reasons and the depth 
for how dark we are against our own dreams and visions, mm-hmm. right? And what that, what our inner dialogue is, how come it is that way and how to change it and how to change it day to day and, and really understand yourself, understand your family history and understand the predicament of your life. And I do that with like a very serious sense of humor, <laughs> right? And I also do it in a self-deprecating way. Right. Like you will know everything that I've been through. And, as you know, you'll know about all my bad relationships. You'll know about my eating issues. You understand why I'm telling you to do things the way I'm telling you. And you also know my client. So in the book or in any way I do it. Right. You do not get to go to a therapist and the therapist tells you they're on Prozac. (laughs) Like this is about transparency and understanding why humans, you know, can suck. And why the, the things you want in your life, you don't have. There really is good reasons why you don't have them. And there really is how to fix that. And that's all I care about. Well, I have to agree with you. Your candor sets you apart. Your sense of humor sets you apart. And honestly, I think the thing that I love the most, though, is just your focus on accountability. I mean, the title says it all. Maybe it's you. And this isn't a book report. I just want to make everybody understand very quickly. I'm holding the book in my hands. I understand that you are not. I wanted Lauren to come on and share the first three steps of her program with you because I found this book to be so incredibly powerful. And it was really important to me to share. Lauren's work with you. And Lauren, just so you know, I have a voracious appetite for books. I read constantly, blah, blah, blah. But I have never followed the steps in any kind of personal development book before. Like I've always never done the assignments. You know, you know what I mean? I'm like, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. cute. That's a great idea for somebody. That's a really good idea. Yeah. That, or I've just glossed over it. This is the first time I've ever, ever, this is embarrassing, ever pulled out a pen and paper and done the exercises and holy cow, was it cathartic and enlightening. Right. So it is true that if you read it, it doesn't count as doing it. <laughs> this is not one of those books, right? You will not, it's, it's not terrible to read it and then get some insights, like really you will, but the difference between doing it is unbelievable. So thank, that is true. Let's share with everybody the very first thing that you have people do, and that is to dream and dream big and assess where you are Mm -hmm. and then identify where you want to be. Now, this is not unfamiliar for people. I have something called the life balance wheel, but you have 12 areas of life, everything Mm -hmm. from the things you would expect, health, weight, appearance, you know, dating, marriage, sex, and romance, money, where you live. You have 12 different categories. Walk me through what you would have people do first in your process. So, The reason I break life out into 12 different areas is because a person does not take the time to dream in each area of their life and then figure out how to work it together. So people are like chasing money, chasing, getting laid, chasing, like there's like the three things you think you care about and Mm -hmm. then everything else somehow fits in or you don't pay attention to it. So in order to really cause a timeout in your life and to really design your life, you better sit down and understand yourself separate and distinctly from each different area because we walk around not even understanding ourselves well at all, right? And so, you know, a good example is spirituality. One of the things that happens with spirituality is that people, right, like they don't need a vision for spirituality because they're they're over religion, right? So if I, I you know, my parents were Catholic, therefore I'm spiritual, but... 
I am spiritual, but that has nothing to do with my moment to moment life at all. Right. right? Because <laughs> see, I don't care about religion. And then they don't give themselves a zero in that area. They give themselves a nine. <laughs> okay. On a scale of one to 10 and they do nothing about it. They have never meditated. They have never like, what is spirituality like a dream for you? I don't care if that means that you take a walk in the woods. What's your dream of being a spiritual being? What is the fulfillment of your life in that area? And that really is, I never take a moment for granted. I wear death on my shoulder, you know, like I'm present to being alive and the privilege of being alive, right? So there's so much to a dream, but if you don't stop and write that dream in an area you really wrote off or don't think you care about or think you're great at and never even looked at what that even means, I have to write dreams every year of my life that expand me. And I've been doing this for 20 years mm -hmm. and it rocks my world every year. It holds me accountable to fulfilling on my one life. I swear I need to do this. That means you will learn something about yourself. You will push yourself. You will see things about yourself that you can't see if you've never sat down and wrote your dreams in the 12 different areas of life. And it really works, right? Most people who hear this go, yes, that works, right? That doesn't mean they're doing it. Well, you defined it beautifully in the book. You say, real happiness comes from knowing that you are giving all of yourself and being great in your whole life, not just one or two areas in your life where most of us prefer to play, but 12. You know, I triple check marked that because I thought that is what real happiness is. Like, I think that's such a very hard thing to define, but it is. It's when you know you're giving all of yourself and being the best you as holistically as possible. And mm -hmm. I, I hadn't really connected the dots that way before. I thought that was a brilliant definition. Tell me where dreaming comes into this and why we have to do it in the present tense. The difference between saying I am something, I am a ridiculously hot, fun wife. Stop it. I am. <laughs> I really am, right? I am is so different than I want to be if mm -hmm. and then. Mm -hmm. I want to be a great wife, right? So I want to be or I will be is in the future. It's very different than owning that life is happening right now, right? So when you say I am, it puts you in the current reality, doing something about it, every last bit of it now. It doesn't mean there isn't a long-term future. It means there is, but today counts, not one day, someday. A big epiphany that I had last year through the work on the show and through authors that I read was that one of the reasons we continue to fail at new habit building and at lasting change is a lack of belief. And what I loved about your dreaming exercise where we had to write our ideal state in the present tense is it creates, it fosters a sense of belief. When you write, I am confident and sexy and strong, some part yes. of your brain lights up and believes that you are confident and sexy and strong. Like, it, it, Whereas I want to be or I will be implies conditions. And there are always yep. obstacles to conditions. Yes. And it also creates a black and white setting. You have an accountability to yourself or to your health or to your career right? You can't, you can hear the dark side. You can hear the negative thought. You can hear what's up, what you're up against in your own mind. The minute you have a declaration of your own independence of who you think you are or who you're being. 
Yeah, I absolutely love it when we talk in terms of money and relationships and health because they're just such obvious examples. If you're thinking, I am creating wealth, if that is a dream that you're stating in the present tense, it creates belief. It fosters your own imagination and it puts you in that place. And it makes it a lot harder to go ring that $50 purchase up on your credit card. <laughs> I am creating wealth is a very different thing than, oh, I need to save money. I know I need to save money. Right. And accountability becomes very clear to anyone who says that, right? Like, you know, if you're being accountable, if you said you're creating wealth. Do you get to make dinner at home or go out for dinner, right? It's It's got a duh. It creates like a duh factor on being true to yourself or not. It puts the vices and everything that's like you're up against, your excuses, everything you're thinking, it puts it in jeopardy immediately. And that's where you take us next. And you say, maybe it's you discovering your own fingerprints on the crime scene. And then you cross out maybe and you're like, newsflash, it's you. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what I have a person do is I have them write a great dream that they really care about, that they're in love with, right? Like really care about that and be in love with that, that that's the true, like you came to live, you came to fulfill on that in your career, with your body, your family, right? Like what's the dream? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then the next thing I, I make a very funny but smart rating scale, scale from one to 10 and rate your current life against that dream and then it asks you to explain why you gave yourself a six and what's between you and being an eight, nine, or 10, right? Like what's between you and fulfilling on that dream? And what happens in that moment is your actual dark side vomits, right? <laughs> right? It defends itself. It explains itself. It tells why it's never been easy for you. It's always been like the minute you have an ideal, you can then figure out where you really are referenced against the ideal. And it is a state of accountability. When you call yourself a six on your own dream, only you can get it to an eight, nine or 10. And then all that stuff you just puked is what's between you and an eight, nine or 10. And you just called yourself out. And then the book, the process in the book lets you start to see what these voices, these, you know, cause you keep talking about beliefs. In this paragraph that explains why you can't have the body you want until you get out of, you know, this job, do this, do, right? Like until, right, until these 42 mm -hmm. things happen, you can't eat right, okay? You literally hear how you block yourself. You use three different analogies for this voice that speaks obstacles into existence for us. And I'd love to go through them one at a time. The first one you call the weather reporter. And, and that's yeah. that voice of passive helplessness, right? Like it's reporting on your life without taking any responsibility for it. Can you walk us through that analogy? Yeah, I love this thing. This one is a little tricky. The other two are much easier to get. When you believe there's weather, you have no power to change the weather. The best you can do is dress for the weather, right? If Even if the weather reporter, you know, says it's going to snow today and there'll be 12 inches, if the weather reporter gets on later and says, oh, sorry, there won't be snow, that changed, right? It's not the weather reporter's fault. It's, there's a no-fault policy because you can't control the weather. So now I'm going to map this onto another area of life where people weather report. So women in New York... There aren't, no, there are no good men. I'm 36 years old <laughs> there. I can't find them. It's, you know, it's terrible weather for dating in New York to find a great man. It just is. It, get all the girls together. They'll agree. That is a weather front. 
right? You just threw out 5 million men. Right. And you can't help it because it's happening to you. And it's not your fault. It's just the truth. It is that way. So you go, it's 32 degrees in New York. There are no great men. And it really is 32 degrees in New York and you can't (laughs) change. So I make people do the weather test. It's 32 degrees. Can you make it 38 degrees right now? No. Okay. There are no great men in New York. Can I introduce you to one and you find one tomorrow? Is it possible? Yes. Okay. You're relating to your life like it's weather versus you're in chart. You make weather. This is not one of those areas, honey. And it's not the weather. It's actually something you have a lot of power over. It's like the person that goes, I'm a night owl. And I'm like, if I, if I gave you $10,000 for every night you went to bed at 11, how hard, how, do you understand that would be so much fun to end being a night owl? That'd be it. But when you go, oh, no, I'm a night owl, you're like, that's never changing. I've always been that way. I am that way. So there's ways we lie to ourselves mm-hmm. that explain why in that area of your life, you're still a six. And if you can't see where there's weather reports or where you are creating a weather front and pretending you have no power, that's all what I consider lying to yourself. Well, let's introduce the chicken and the brat so people might be able to relate to that or recognize the chicken or the brat in their own life, Lauren. Oh my God. So the voice of the chicken in your head is always telling you, you know, another nickname for that voice of the chicken mine is the doom fairy. The doom fairy. <laughs> right. The doom fairy, right? Like I'll get excited about something and want something. And then the doom fairy will come visit and say, but what if, right? What if it doesn't happen? Don't get too excited. Don't let, like the chicken in me is always scaring myself not to want things or to lessen what I want so that I don't get hurt. Another way it's very serious is you imagine that your boss will treat you like this, this, or that. You even have examples Mm -hmm. that he's done this, this, or that to you. So then you never ask to leave Friday at three because the one time you did eight months ago, you got in trouble. We, or our fear runs policies rather than sitting down with that boss and going, listen, it's summer. I do a great job. I work on the weekends no matter what, but I really want to get out of town. Like, can we discuss that I'm great? And I know you yelled at me once for this, but I don't think I really want to have a discussion with you about how to create a better lifestyle for me. And I promise you'll get all the work you need. So that's a chicken who had one bad experience telling you, you can never ask. And then they don't even know it's true that their boss would never let them. Like, like they actually never had the whole discussion. I see the chicken show up all the time when people are considering launching a new passion project, a new business, anything that requires them to be vulnerable and to take some personal risk. And the chicken shows up with pessimism and fear and imposter syndrome. And you know you could fail and perfectionist tendencies. And the chicken rears its ugly head so many times in that context. Do you see a lot of that? When you are not getting something you want and you don't feel really powerful for like, if you're sitting there in the moment and you're not feeling powerful, you literally could ask yourself, am I being a chicken right now about something? Am I being a weather reporter about something? Mm -hmm. Or am I in the middle of being a brat about something? And the brat, the brat we will introduce as the voice in your head that's basically the big baby, right? The entitled child. And can you, I I would love for you to explain the brat in the context of relationships, because I think it shows up there all all the time. 
<laughs> well, so the the brat gets to everything tomorrow, right? I'll do it tomorrow, right? I don't want to, I poor me, I work so hard today, I'll have sex tomorrow, right? And it's not like you went to bed because you're exhausted. Oh, you stayed up till 12 anyway. You just didn't be productive. You didn't have sex. And you figured out how to just watch Netflix for three hours straight, right? Because poor you is exhausted. Really? Is that exhausted? But our version of exhausted is leave me alone. I want to do what I want to do. I want to, I'm going to go get my, you know, potato chips. I'm going to eat crap and watch TV because I'm exhausted, right? That's a brat. Do what you want to do whenever you want to do it. Blow things off that actually would be important and valuable and make you happier, right? So, you know, you really should call that friend of yours you haven't spoken to and have been thinking about. You really could be at a, you know, going to that networking dinner and meet somebody. Like you really, there's so many things people are doing with their spare time that like they can't even do that passion project where they could build a new career, right? Like they, they don't even realize that Instagram has sucked their life in. That's a, all of that is a brat. I train, I teach people how to take over their narrative in their inner dialogue, like your actual inner dialogue. I understand I'm talking advanced math, but that's how capable we are of being present and running our own inner dialogue. Yeah, and I mean, I spend a lot of time talking about the power of belief and then how we how we have these theories, and you talk about this as well. We have these theories, and, and after a while, after repetition, they become beliefs about ourselves, and then we write a whole script, like a whole narrative for ourselves, right? And you say that once you fully and freely see what you want, you're left with a much better question than what's wrong with the world, then I can't have my dream. You're left with the you-based question, what is the reality that I want to author that will allow me to have my dream as its result? That is such a good question, Lauren. What is the reality that I want to author that will allow me to have my dream as a result? But it's not easy to rewrite our beliefs, is it? Like, it's not that easy. If you actually write the dream and lose the like lose the addiction that's in there and start keeping promises, like, you know, so I my client just before I spoke to you really has a dream about being a writer. Mm -hmm. And you think she writes? No. <laughs> right? She wishes she writes. She's blaming her kids. She's blaming that like she had right. So she's a standard human. And so we got rid of everything that she does that is a waste of time. Like, so we're getting her to be true to her dream mm -hmm. and make the right promises. And the thing that no one understands is that unless you actually wrote for three, like she actually kept a writing promise on a consistent basis, she doesn't know how she feels about like the fun of being a writer. Sure. And does she want to be a writer? Right. And so ultimately, if a person gets very clear about their dream, then you can hear the beliefs that are against your dream. And if you start keeping the right promise, you'll kill the belief. Let's say you want to run a marathon and you've never been someone who goes for mm -hmm. a run and you go, I don't even know how I could do that. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not that hard. You need to be consistently keeping a running promise. Let's really make sure you want to. So here's what we're going to do for six weeks. You're going to run four times a week for just 30 minutes. And we're, and you're going to put on a great playlist and you're going to think about these two things when you're running, like we're going to really make running fun. And until you get an A at that, you're going to keep doing this. I don't care if you're running a marathon in a year or in two years. 
right? So we, we get into the actual activity of going for a run and starting to get good at it. And then a person is in a, like, it has a life of its own. Most people have dreams they want, but have never gone after them fully and chased them and actually experienced what that's like. I often say motivation is on the other side of starting. It's because we're waiting for motivation to be delivered to us. Like all these if-then statements are realized, then motivation will be delivered to our door somehow, like in some sort of divine FedEx package, right? The truth is, is that I've always found motivation to be on the other side of starting. That starting, that taking any action creates its own momentum. I believe this so passionately. And I think that this is what you mean when you talk about personal integrity. Tell me what you mean when you talk about personal integrity being kind of the linchpin in this whole thing. We, all of us, suck at keeping promises to ourselves. We're very good to, and then degrees, at keeping promises Mm -hmm. to other people. So if you told your best friend to meet you at a movie theater at seven o'clock to see a movie and you made a plan, unless you were sick as a dog, you were, you planned your whole life around seeing her and being on, like being there, right? You would not blow that off. You have a gym membership, right? You left work and it's 542 and you even have your gym bag with you and you'll be like, screw it, right? So you made a promise to yourself that you're going to go to the gym after work four times a week. That's why you paid for the membership. But your ability to only get there maybe once a week or not at all or cancel the membership is like because you don't know how to keep a promise to yourself. So one of the main things I teach about making real change in your life is that the most important thing you learn is personal integrity and ability to keep a promise to yourself, right? If you can't do that, I can't help you because the very things that are scaring you, the chicken, the brat, that weather reporter, everything you want is on the other side of those voices. And the only way to get to the other side is by keeping promises to yourself, right? And so I make people make promises that are critical to their dreams happening. And that's, and I also put in what's called a consequence. Consequences mess with your vices. They're not punishments. They're just punishments to your vices. So for example, for my crew of people who like a glass of wine when they get home, if you don't do your writing promise, you don't get your glass of wine. I have gotten people to sell TV shows to Hulu (laughs) by taking away her glass of wine at night unless she did her two hours of writing that day, right? From someone in her 40s who was not a writer, sold her first TV show to Hulu. And all that happened was is you didn't get your glass of wine. Are you going to live? Is it going to be okay, everybody? You go, how many glasses of wine did she miss in four years? It was about six. And I'm talking a girl who has one every night. I think your ability to figure out that self-imposed consequences are the way to make us accountable for our own dreams and achieving our own goals. I think that is was just such brilliance. Tell me about your own personal truth and consequences. Give me an example from your own life. Okay, so I have been with my really very cute husband who I love honest to God. Like I am in love with my husband, but that doesn't mean I'm not lazy about sex. Okay. 20 years later, three kids running around. Okay. I could do it once a week. So my promise is to keep our marriage hot and alive and us connected. It's twice a week and I'm accountable. If I don't keep my sex promise, I lose. And for those, like I lose episodes of whatever TV show I'm addicted to. And I mean forever. 
And if you're like, how many times have you blown off your promise and how many shows have you lost? I'm like, probably like three. But the one I remember the most was like season two, A Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. And, you know, right. Like I heard about it, but I have never watched it. And I really appreciate that the dark side of me would rather like lay in bed and stay up till 12 at night binge watching TV shows than, you know, connect with my husband who I love. And it's not even like it's hard. No pun intended. <laughs> it's it's not, it's like stupid fast and who gets to go back to Netflix? Do you understand? <laughs> How long is sex, Lauren? 20 minutes, right? Like, what is your problem? I always say it's like going to the gym. It's like the idea of putting on your shoes and changing clothes and getting in the car. That's actually the hard part. Once you're at their gym, it's fun. Like you like it. You get, you've got the endorphins. It feels great. <laughs> oh my God. I had a consequence, right? Cause I'm such a brat that early on when I, I needed to lose weight and I started exercising and really managing this in my 20s was the first time I ever really had an issue mm. with it. I started running and I had to go for a run in the morning because I had to work and blah, 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 you know, right? That, like there really was run in the morning. And I used to wake up before my alarm clock went off to discuss I'm exhausted. Do you hear the problem with that? <laughs> if I was actually exhausted and really couldn't wake up, would I wake up to discuss right. it? Right. So I was waking up so my my brat could start to have a temper tantrum so that it could go back to bed. Right. It's like and beat the alarm and start early on getting out of its promise. So then I made a new promise. The rule became if watch how funny I needed to be. If I set the alarm, I had to go. And if I changed my mind, I lost my tasty delight that night. So every <laughs> night I always got my cute little dessert that I am in love with I, when I lived in Manhattan. I couldn't get my tasty delight. So you're like, so do you understand it never happened again? <laughs> you have a money test that you mentioned in the book that you're reminding me of right now. And, and it's basically, if you would accept money in exchange for dropping that habit, would you do it? So you said this a moment ago when you're like, if I paid you $11,000 to go to bed at 11 p.m. every night, would you do it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. And if I even said you had to be happy about it and all like happy about it and go to bed happily, right. even that would be Absolutely. easy. Absolutely. You'd be like, I got my $11,000 night, night. <laughs> if I had to wake up and meditate at 5 a.m. and put $10,000 in my account and had to be happy and well-rested, there's nothing a human's not capable of changing or doing. It's our incentives and our desire that is where we're corrupt. I think that connects back to the personal integrity and you, you raise such a good point. We're more than willing to break our own promises, I find, as long as we feel guilty about it or feel shame about it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like that's okay because then we're like what you call well-intended liars. <laughs> oh, oh my God. This is, I said I would do X. I did X. Like I said I would go for a run. I went for a run equals happy, good okay. person right? That equals integrity. Personal integrity is I said I would do something and I did it. Yay me. What most humans do is I said I would do something, but I came up with a really interesting or not so interesting excuse. Plus I feel really, really bad. <laughs> what does that equal, right? It equals I'm still a good person maybe tomorrow. Right. 
right? I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. But the truth is, is if I said I'd pay you back the hundred bucks I owe you on owe you on Tuesday, and I didn't pay you, the truth is, is I'm a jerk. And then if I came to you and said, I'm so sorry, I didn't pay you back the $100. It was such a stressful day for me. I couldn't get to your house. Like, I feel so terrible. Mm -hmm. I'll pay, I'll bring you the 100 bucks on Tuesday. And then I do it again, right? Like, when are you going to start to get that this is BS, that I feel really bad and I have an excuse? And it's so easy to see, though, when you use somebody else as the example. But we never pay ourselves back the 100 bucks. We never realize that personal integrity are the promises you wish you were keeping to yourself. And that if you had to measure how many promises you're either not making combined with not keeping, you would find out it's very simple to fix the problems between you and fulfilling on those dreams. It's that list you're avoiding that even you could make, right? You even know it. Like, I I understand I'm leading the witness through this whole book and getting you to figure it out. But when you figure it out, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's me. It's true. You just said something I want to pull out, though. You said it's not just the promises that you're not keeping. It's the promises that you're not even making. Oh, yeah. That's what makes us the saddest. The ones you're breaking and and wish you were making definitely hurt you, right? And and that's where you kind of like consciously suffer and day to day have like a level of disappointment in yourself, but where you feel like you're not even remote, like where you're pissed at life itself is that you're not even calling yourself out on what you wish you were promising. Another way that I want people to really hear this is a lot of people, Lauren, they struggle with, well, I don't know what I want and I don't know what real happiness, like I'm fine. I don't know what real happiness looks like or would feel like to me. And one of the reasons I loved the exercises in your book is because you make it impossible not to discover that because you break it down. Just like anything that feels big and audacious, you break it down and therefore it becomes accessible and feasible. But the big Mm. epiphany here that actually is maybe even understated is that happiness and confidence and pride and fulfillment, they come from knowing that you can deliver on your own promises and that they are in alignment with what you want. Yes. <laughs> That's the secret. Yes. And, and you don't have to go very far. You just need to open the book <laughs> and actually do the assignments and then organize your life. Like the principles and the formula, like the, you can, anyone can bake if you follow those instructions and it's a good recipe. I swear the recipe's there and you're totally capable of doing this for yourself. The only person who can't do this for themselves is someone who will not keep promises. It's really not even the person, like, I will teach you to keep the promise because if you'll pay the consequence, I swear, you will not take that consequence if I'm messing with one of your vices. Yeah, and I think this is where having an actual coach really becomes critical because our default, again, is to just let ourselves down. And one of the most brilliant aspects of the book, it's totally worth getting the book just to read about other people's truth and consequences, by the way. They are they are <laughs> hilarious um, and really scary, some of them. <laughs> what are you, You're talking about the girl who had to lick the floor? Where I are mean, we? any number of them. She was such a germaphobe. It was the funniest to make sure she got married and had a baby. Trust me, she got <laughs> married and has a baby. She only had to lick the floor twice 
But do you understand? It was like, that's all she had to commit to. Like, how funny is that to love yourself that much to get the joke of that you'll do anything to not have that, you know, to not eat the worm, right? Or to not miss your television show, right? So it's like using the dark for light. I'll tell you the worm for me is you give people suggestions on how to think about consequences to create for themselves. And one of them is ask your spouse or partner for a good consequence for you. I'd rather lick the floor. Exactly. I, I Trust me, <laughs> I understand. I understand. So the theory is if you commit to your goals and then you create self-imposed consequences for yourself, and then personally, I think it's enormously important to have someone to hold you accountable to those consequences because I don't trust us, Lauren. And I think it's, I think that is one of the values that a coach can bring. Wait, let me, let me offer this funny yes, thing, please, okay? Yes, please, please. When I am not going to, when someone can't afford coaching, right? There's like, tell your best friend and Mm -hmm. use finally, let's use Facebook, right? Exactly. Right. So one of my favorite consequences is someone who cares about what people think that they have to like, if you cheat on your diet, you're telling everybody for real, like you can use an accountability that is Facebook. I love that one. The reason this makes so much sense to me, even though it's fun and it has an enormous like sense of humor and terror about the whole thing, is because when we break our promises to ourselves, most of the time, with obvious exception, most of the time, the consequences aren't immediate. Like, if I'm trying to quit smoking and yeah. I have one more cigarette, I don't die. Like, I don't right. fall down dead on the floor right. right then. If I'm trying to quit over drinking and I have three glasses of wine on a Tuesday, the consequences, there might be some immediate consequences, but in general, the consequences, yeah. they're not there. And so yeah. you have created consequences that we can see, touch, and feel because we're all just, I don't know, are we just inherently lazy or just inherently, like, lizards? <laughs> um. So there's a lot to do with your family background and the behaviors you grew up watching, whether you know them or not. Lauren, what you've done beautifully is demonstrate to us that the power is still, no matter where it comes from, the power is within us to change it. Unbelievable. It's And taking on your life from basically how I teach it mm-hmm. is an entirely different way of looking out at all of life. It just kind of changes the paradigm completely of the sport of life. Thank you so much for creating this tool that lets us see this and is honestly top three book for me for 2017. I read it last year. I have picked it back up again. I've underlined about every other sentence, so I probably need a fresh copy. I hope everybody goes out and gets it. And I don't always say that, Lauren. (laughs) Thank you. I believe you. Tell us where to get more of you and your work. And I know we have a free quiz that I'm going to link to for everybody, but tell people how to dig deeper with you, Lauren. So if you can't afford much, the greatest thing I have going is what's called Inner You, which breaks out this book into um, like 11 hours of coaching, like one coaching session. It has digitally the homework. It also has group coaching. So you can ask questions. It's free. Once you pay like the, you know, whatever it is, I actually don't know the price, but you get it for the life, right? So it's awesome. So I have a community. You can get a buddy. You can have a coach. You're covered forever. Okay. Right. Uh, So there's this thing called inner you, but I do have things that are really affordable and I'm giving it away as best I can. Okay. Okay. So they're really go to the Handel group. 
sign up for our newsletter. We are working to do the best content we can. I'll make it easy for everybody. It'll be in the show notes for this episode. Oh, okay. Thank you. Lauren, this was an enormous amount of fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Really my pleasure. And thanks for doing what you do. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.